0: Thanks to everybody who supported the show this week via Patreon, including Dan Lane, Alistair Harding, Ian Wilkinson, Matt Lacey, Tim Edwards, Ilico Elia, Roland Robertson, Jamie Holland. If you'd like to support the show from $1 per episode, go to 361podcast.com slash support. I like it when we remember to do the claps at the beginning, because that latency between my clap and you both clapping is how long I leave it when I tell a joke to see whether or not it's funny. Because like that uncomfortable second of silence where nobody responds, and then two seconds and there's that silence three seconds
1: oh okay here's that horror stroke again okay
0: right they're actually not gonna laugh I need to move on
2: yeah it's just long enough for us to realise it was a joke and we're supposed to
0: laugh (laughs) Mm, do I tell you I can only tell jokes at night no I'm not nocturnal
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think because we just started that's quite humorous but I think you know
2: no it's not (laughs) nice Welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. I'm Rafe Blanford. I'm Ben Smith.
1: And I'm Ewan McLeod.
2: This is Season 19, Episode 6, and this week we're discussing and recommending wearables in our One Question, Three Answers format.
0: Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Hello.
2: Very good, thank you. And how about you, Ben? Mm. Yeah, I'm good, thank you for asking.
0: So we're only, how many, what's 19 seasons in? And I finally remembered to ask. That's nice. Yeah. No,
1: we do eventually ask you.
0: Eventually. I mean, I've actually lost track of how many years it is now, but uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, after all those years of goading.
2: Depends how caring I'm feeling.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yes. Brave
0: Blanford, you're looking tired. I, I'm concerned about your welfare. Are you getting enough sleep?
2: Uh, no.
1: No. Excellent. Good. Well, I suppose i Yeah, I've asked what about the hair? It doesn't look as styled today. Leaf. that's because it's not okay
2: i mean i don't really spend the same amount of time in front of the mirror as you do you thanks excellent
0: well this uh, is this is all going jolly well, well
2: and yeah, yeah, so, uh,
0: welcome, welcome. <laughs> hello <laughs> welcome to you both you yeah. and cloud coming to us live from Oman.
1: that's right hello it's uh, it's very nice it's, it's getting a lot nicer weather i mean it's still very hot but it's 28 as opposed to 42
0: i finally found a reason to follow you on instagram because you're posting a lot more Muscataman pictures now Mm -hmm. which generally Mm -hmm. make me very jealous because it looks gorgeous there and yes i don't think i'm cut out for the really hot weather but it looks just like properly nice for pasty british people now actually
1: i was able to sit from those photos i actually sat the photos i took today on instagram i just sat outside for a good 10 20 minutes and i didn't get crazy crazy hot as i would have done i think two or three months ago that was impossible to do that
0: Fair enough. Well, that mm. anecdote has somewhat ruined your, I've been incredibly busy at work today story, but, you know, we'll let it pass.
1: Alright, No, no, you've got to take a little bit of time out, guys. You do need to take a bit of time out. Take a little stroll. That's what I did. Yeah. I'm taking work-life balance <laughs> advice from a Six man. Six minutes.
0: Wouldn't recognise it if it walked <laughs> up and
1: introduced himself.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And Rafe Blanford, you and I back in the UK where it is cold and miserable and wet. Have you any notable news from your side of London? Not really. No.
1: Good. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. We've not been going out that much. I think I said this uh, on, a, on a previous episode, but I can't remember which ones have gone to air and which ones made the edit. So I'll yeah. say it again, that I think we commented in the past that, oh, you know, it's, a, it's nice to be able to go out a bit more and we're mm-hmm. unlocking. And Brave and I actually met up for dinner the other day, uh, which was jolly nice. We sat, you know, socially distanced in a restaurant a good distance apart. And it was the second time I've been out in, mm-hmm. are we now, about seven months, and it was nice to have some company that, from, that wasn't people I lived with. <laughs> you know, that was really pleasant. But it was just, it felt very odd. And earlier in the day, I just published an episode where we'd been sort of saying, oh, it's nice to go out and we're all unlocking and this kind of stuff. And it was sort of, the, I think, about 48 hours after you and I had our dinner rave, all the uh, stricter restrictions came back in. So
2: That's right. Yeah. It was definitely the highlight of uh, my week, having good company and good food. And Ben, actually, you told me something that you'd been installing a Tardo do you think is uh, relevant smart home and actually vaguely on topic for the podcast? Oh
0: yes, there we go. Well, I can tell you about it now. Uh,
1: well, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. A little bit of pre-show content. Thank thanks. you for the photo. Thank oh, you for yes. the photo of you both sitting yeah. having whatever. What? What were you having? I saw a red wine there.
0: Yeah, we had steak in an Italian uh, steak restaurant, and oh, it was uh, it was it was lovely.
2: I didn't drink the wine. You and I was thinking of you. Thank you. That's kind of you.
0: Thanks. Been trying to do my bit for the planet by having less meat, but this was my treat to myself. That's my one steak of this six months, and it was <laughs> jolly nice. And actually, you and I found out how to channel my inner Ewan McLeod as well. I found that oh god, a really cracking bottle of red. Yes, makes me much more like Ewan McLeod, because I was like, ah, <laughs>
1: <I'm gonna remember laughs> making any of my arguments. It was oh, well, that's that's how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> so no,
0: it was it was lovely. Um, next time you're back in London, we'll all go back there when we're allowed out again. But uh, yes. I'm realising how much I missed that kind of sort of social interaction. The
1: interaction, yeah, yes.
0: Because the thing is, I mean, Rafe and I don't live that far apart, but we'd probably have dinner, you know, a couple of times a year, properly, you know, maybe, but uh, it felt very odd to be out, and it was nice to, yeah, some human contact and... Um, the staff were working really hard to sort of all be socially distanced and everything, but you felt for them because there was like four tables in the restaurant eating and oh, you looked no. around and there were there were nearly as many staff as there were us. Mm. And they like, kind of thought, oh gosh, I really ought to have dessert. I ought to order pudding to make it worth <laughs>
1: their time to be here. And did you? Yeah, of course. What was that?
0: What did we have, Rafe? I'm trying to think now. Cheesecake
1: oh dear me that's annoying. I know
0: but I I think it wasn't so much cheesecake for pudding so much as an act of charity to support this uh, struggling business I'm all about supporting these uh, local businesses. All
1: right sorry tell us about Tado what's this? So I've been
0: toying with the idea of some smart heating for a while now and I finally bit the bullet and ordered a bunch of Tado equipment on Prime Day here in the UK which was all massively marked down so so far, so good. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, I was very, very nervous about installing it because despite all the guides and the help and everything, I'm not really very keen DIYer, but I did it. I followed the guides. Fortunately, the old thermostats that we had in my house were Honeywell ones. So when you typed in the model number, the Tardo guide said, oh yes, I recognize that. And it shows you a picture of your old thermostats. Well, that's and- good. So it was very easy to replace because Mm -hmm. the the guide was very precise and it sort of walked you through the steps and you could say, you know, kind of my wires look like picture A, picture B or picture C, and then you click it and it would walk you through. And I think what finally did it for me was reading up enough to understand that what we could do was replace the thermostats in my house because Mm -hmm. we have some underfloor heating. So I can replace the thermostats which were on the wall, which has two benefits. One is I get smart control of my heating now, but also... I get to remove those horrible kind of browning plastic honeywell oh, yeah. thermostats that everybody yes. would recognise, you know, yes. they're, they're, but they're a few years old. They just don't look nice anymore with these beautiful matte white Tardo ones. And uh, that's one of the reasons I liked the system. It's it's slightly, you know, it's cosmetic.
1: Did you have to do wires? Was it
0: wires and
1: stuff? and I had to yeah. do
0: two wires, but in the pack, in the Tardo pack, there's a stickers and it says, right, you know, write one on this sticker and stick it on the red wire and write two and then, You take the old thermostat off, and I mean, it is painting by numbers. And the nice thing is the guide matched exactly what I had and exactly what I saw, so turned it all back on again, and it worked exactly as I expected it to, which is, Like my old thermostat, effectively, when it came on, it turned the heating on and worked fine. So we're a couple of days in now. I've got a bunch more that I haven't done yet. I've just done one thermostat for now, but I've got five or six more to install around the rest of the house and some TRVs, which are those radiator valves. But I just wanted to get one working before I you know, made lots of other changes. And so far, it's so good. It hasn't learnt enough yet to turn our heating on early enough. Okay. Because we have underfloor heating, it takes a long time to heat the house up. Yeah. And it's just nudging the time earlier and earlier so that it's ready for seven o'clock in the morning where we want the house to be warm.
1: I remember those days. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'll write more about it um, uh, perhaps on my blog or, or uh, I'll talk more about it in another episode. But so far, so far, so good. And mm. yeah, it's also the sort of thing where the installation was so simple, I'm confident I could reverse it all back because it was just two wires, and it was like changing a plug at this stage. But um, I had to do a lot of homework to make sure that I didn't need to change anything on the boiler, because some people, depending on the heating system, would have to have added wires or plugged in controllers to boilers and things, and Mm. I managed to work out for myself that I didn't need to do that. So yeah, more when I learn about that. Um, Have either of you got smart heating? Have you got any kind of Nest or anything in your place back in the UK?
1: I've got uh, what's the, not the nest, What's the other one? Yeah, I've got what's the British Gas one? Hive, Hive. Oh, I've got a Hive, and I, I really like that. I, I was badgering the plumber guys and get me Hive, get me Hive, get me Hive. I'm really pleased with that. I liked the idea
0: of Hive because it comes with that support system around it, and it's very UK centric. But I'm afraid the the aesthetics yeah. of the thermostats didn't match our house very much, so it would have been a trade off.
1: Of course, it's, it's, it's a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, they're, they're very. For those that don't know them, they're very glossy kind of metallic looking things and they have different colour surrounds but i wanted something that was much more like either the nest or the tardo which kind of would just blend into the wall mm. right you got anything any heating are you just i suppose in the Blandford estate you have a chap to uh, turn the heating on and
2: off for you, do you exactly well i don't have anything in london but you're right you know having um someone firing the hippo course um is very handy
1: the what the, the hippo cost? I love these episodes where I have to just Google on my phone on my knee what's he talking about just go on for the uninitiated then yeah. you and me that
2: would be yeah yeah. go on the hippo what well obviously this is what you have in a Roman villa uh, when you have the space underneath it's sort of the, sitting on pillars and you I see I see light a fire underneath the floor so it's basically like Ben's place it's got underfloor heating
0: except the underfloor heating is literally a fire under the floor isn't it it's warm air I think goes under mm. doesn't it mm. though The gases of the fire, yeah. There you go. I'm remembering my Latin lessons from back at school. There we go. When they had pictures of Roman houses and stuff. A little bit more follow-up I wanted to do before we got into this evening's One Question, Three Answers. And um, this is a new occasional section of the podcast I I wanted to launch. I haven't asked you both about it, but I I know, Rafe, you'll be on board with this completely. It's a section entitled Ewan Was Wrong. Oh, come on. And this is where we briefly uh, recap all the things Ewan's been wrong about.
1: What And, you know, it sounds confrontational, and it will be, but, I mean, at least two of us would enjoy it. Yeah, it, it. does sound rather confrontational. Thank you very much. Yes.
2: Yeah. But also, wouldn't we need a dedicated episode for that?
1: <laughs> I think no, is- I don't think you would. I, I think the times when I have been actually wrong are very, very, very rare.
0: Well, first up in the new you and his wrong section, as uh, Jersey Jammers on um, Twitter. I love that name. Jersey Jammers. Jersey German has, has written in, and um, he says, uh, "Chaps, I'm a bit behind on podcasts. I just listened to season 19, episode three, which was dated sixth uh, of October. Where he recommends Quibi? That hasn't aged well, has it? So, for the uninitiated, you, and just tell us what Quibi was.
1: Uh, okay, so it was a mobile only or mobile first episodic style Netflix wannabe. It was the uh, former City of Disney, right, and then the former City of is it HP and then eBay, Meg Whitman?
2: It was Hollywood trying to do the tech version of TikTok mm. with Netflix short form content and they have raised two billion dollars mm. and excess of that and they have since shut down after realizing that it wouldn't work. Yeah. And to be fair, then they produced some, you know, good original content but probably missed the zeitgeist in the user generated content and were trying to do Netflix with five minute episodes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was a variety, wasn't there? And there was some really off the wall ones, but there was only one on there that I really wanted to watch, which was called Hello America, which was Nish Kumar, who's one of my favourite British comedians, basically doing the sort of observing America from the outside. And mm. so I saw some some free episodes of that. I never subscribed. And I really liked that. It looked high budget. It was well produced. It was like a segment that would have come out of a, of a sort of a topical BBC TV show or a satire show or something like that. Yeah. It was great and it looked it looked well produced and high quality, but I'm not sure I ever liked it enough to subscribe no. in addition to all the other things I'm subscribing to as well.
2: I think after this little discussion about what he'd backed and it may be not going so well, we're considering launching a new 361 perk where if you would like to destroy one of your competitors, what? let us know. <laughs> we'll get Ewan to mention it and they will soon go bust.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Thanks very much for that. Look, I just thought it was a good idea. A ringing endorsement by McLeod is like an albatross. Thanks very much for that. Thanks, Jersey Jammers. Is that right? Jersey Jammers? Yeah. Jersey Jammers. Jammers. Okay. Uh, Look, I just applaud someone trying. And actually, I'm still subscribing to it. I'm getting value from it (laughs) until December.
2: (laughs) Anyway, in other areas where Ewan is wrong, I think we should talk about 5G, Ben. Oh, go on then.
0: It is. I mean, who amongst us hasn't accidentally spent $2 billion of investors' money on nothing? But. Let's move on from that failure. Be sure to write in at 361podcast on Twitter, 361podcast.com if you'd like your opposition destroyed by an endorsement from you, McLeod. (laughs) So we had several people write in after our last episode where we talked about 5G.
1: Hmm.
0: We did a one question, three answers. Is 5G worth it? And quite a lot of people who I would sort of categorise in the well-informed and knowledgeable, so lots of other mobile podcasters, a whole bunch of bloggers and people like that. Yeah what's kev's surname uh rafe
1: Rafe (laughs) Uh,
2: i want to say kev Wright, but i don't think that's correct kev wrong it's just i've got right and wrong on the brain
0: so kev Wright commented on twitter a frequent correspondent with the show and and steve litchfield friend of the show and producer of uh, the phone show chat which i've appeared on and a place where he and ted talk about mobile in a kind of a knowledgeably informed way from the rafe blanford school of preparing content all wrote in to point out that uh, you and you listed off a big long bunch of places where 5G was in the UK and they sort of wrote in and said they'd either been there or knew people who were there and there might be one masked with 5G but you know kind of it wasn't anywhere close to covering the whole city and misrepresented the amount of 5G that was oh come on come on and I quote it's no use anyway
2: there was a very unkind suggestion that you was just reading off a press releases of towns that had had a 5G mast. No,
1: that's what I was yeah. doing. I was reading off the uh, the 5 U K masts. That's yes. why I, I didn't I like say that. Rather
2: than dealing with um, personal experience. And actually, uh, since was... we're giving a shout out to Kev, just uh, a shout out to his Tech Talk UK podcast, which is also in the kind of same vein of the phone show. Lots of great conversation, in-depth opinion and analysis on tech in general, but I think with a bit of a mobile flavour to it.
1: Right, I'll give you a hold on a minute. With the greatest of respect here, Kev Wright, he is not a Luddite. OK, we have our own personal Luddite here, OK, in the form of Ben Smith, right?
2: It turns out I was right, though, doesn't it? That wasn't the person I was going to go for. Let it, Let
1: us come. you were not right. He's not right. You're not right. Kev is right. Uh, See what I did there? Yeah, right. Yeah. good job. Look, but he he isn't a Luddite. Him and his colleagues, they are not Luddite. You, on the other hand, openly said, I don't want this technology, I don't want it, I don't want faster, I don't want better. Yeah. Yeah, this is, you were saying this, right? Ben Smith?
0: I said I wasn't going to pay money to upgrade because I wouldn't get it. And Kev's endorsed my viewpoint because he lives close to an area you listed as having 5G and I think Steve also. Oh, come on.
1: We all know it. Look, well, in the United Kingdom, you know, one mast equals a whole. In a city, it's not ideal. No, well, I, I, don't I know this. No. This is yeah. the same country where you can't you can't literally have a continuous mobile connection on your commute home. Not a problem anymore, of course. Right, right. Come on. Well, that's not that's splitting hairs. I think you're making my point. Anyway, let's let's move on to Luddite here. Yeah.
2: Anyway, talking of staying up to date, Ben, I think you know investing in VR technology and trying that out and actually having that in your home is like a very good thing in order to stay on top of things. And I think. The true Luddites are the ones who don't actually have that sort of thing. So I believe we both have now a Oculus Quest 2, because we're going to be trying out that for the benefit of the show. So That's a bit of a trailer of what's coming. But I believe it hasn't arrived in Oman yet. So I think that kind of makes its own case about another area that you're in is wrong.
0: Well, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, there's probably one in Oman, Rafe, so we should probably claim that everybody has one, because that's what <laughs> we do now when we attribute one to many. Oh, right. Fair
2: point.
1: Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, What are you doing buying it? What are you doing buying it here, Mr. Luddite? Wait a minute. First of all, right of reply here, Mr. Blanford, right? You looking smug there, right? First of all, I had the quest. Uh, was it the, the quest what was it the one? Was it the, quest? the original the, one, was it? The original quest. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. That one is in the UK at the minute. Thank you very much. And I've been using the new one, thank you very much, here for a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. Okay, so don't bring that. I'm not the luddite here. This is Mr. Smith here who isn't buying the new iPhone. Okay, oh, or is he? Right, because we all sat and watched, and I'm waiting for. I was waiting there for Ben to go. I, I am not actually. I, 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 I won't be buying an iPhone. You know, because it does come with five G, and I don't. You know, I, I don't agree with buying it because I can't use it. I mean, what luddite nonsense is this? Right. This is a
0: spaghetti of topics. So let's just laser focus for a moment. So yes, I got my Oculus through the post the other day. Right. I actually got upsold by uh, Rafe Blanford because I moved from, oh, this is cool. You must tell me what it's like when you get yours to,
1: oh, I've accidentally bought one. <laughs> I think we all bought it same minute, yeah, basically. Yeah, it,
0: so it's thus far, I'm, I've only just dabbling and we'll cover it in a future episode, but very, very impressed. And it's my first go on VR at home. I've tried VR kind of in demo situations in mm. trade fairs and things like that and i've tried some at a friend's house a long time ago it's very early stuff but was absolutely amazed by the quality and and also actually i mean from a mundane point of view kept my glasses on and everything i was able to see comfortably and all those sorts of things so yeah really looking forward to trying that it's here next to my desk so looking forward to playing with that and um looking forward to trying some things beyond gaming as well because rafe has promised me that we'll be able to meet in virtual spaces and things
1: yeah let's do i think we should do a podcast in virtual well, I think that would
0: be cool. Yeah, we'll But give you, that know, a try. you do
1: have to use a Facebook account.
0: Yeah, I'm holding my nose. I'm going to have to mm. make a new one. Make a new yeah. Facebook account, but I still mm. think they're rubbish, but I'm prepared to try it for Oculus. And uh, for the record, yes, I will be ordering a new iPhone, but oh. I don't want to talk about it now, Ewan, because we are out of time for follow up.
1: Oh, 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 are we? Are we, dear listeners? Are, we're out of time, listeners. Okay. All right. Let's take that argument later on, then. We'll come back to that argument later on. Sufficient follow up. Mm.
0: And also, uh, other follow-up that we'll do, another episode, because we're running out of time. Uh, Monzo Premium, as well, for people in the UK, you'll know well, that we're big fans of Monzo's product range, and uh, several of us have upgraded to Premium, and we could talk have a little bit about-
1: several of us. Come on, we've all upgraded, thanks for okay, much. Okay,
0: we've all upgraded to, to Monzo yeah. Premium. We'll talk a little bit about the decision behind that, and also how, uh, how it affects the, uh, the experience. The decision. Okay, so yeah. this is a one question, three answers episode. If you're new to the show, welcome. This is where we take one question from a listener and we try and give three equally good answers. Obviously, mine one is the one that's correct, but we recognise that now with so many technology choices, you can answer a question in multiple different ways, none of them wrong, just different horses for different courses. And so again, this evening, we're going to do a bit of a composite question because we've had, when we invited people to write in, we got a number of different questions that all sort of around a similar theme. So this evening's question is, recommend me a wearable? Came in from a number of colleagues who uh, I was speaking to. Uh, we had a couple of people write in at 361podcast on Twitter or 361podcast.com. You can drop us an email there. And we had a variety of questions about some was it what sports watch should I get? And some was what should I do for um, notifications? And some about, you know, are there any better wearables than the ones I see in the press all the time? But we'll just aggregate it down to recommend we're wearable and we'll try and give you three diverse answers to those questions. And um, as always, before the show, we draw lots. Mm. Surprise, surprise, this evening, uh, Mr. McLeod has come out first. So Wait. the way we do this is we get about 12 minutes to talk about each answer, and uh, Mr. McLeod will get about five, four or five minutes to tell you his recommendation. What? And then we will ask searching questions oh, okay, right, where from. we interrogate his choices and uh, occasionally tell him he's wrong. <sighs> so, Yuen, Yeah. in about 12 minutes, recommend me a wearable.
1: Can I just say that I think this is a little bit of a stitch up here, right? that you make me go first, right? Okay? So the, you know, the amount of research, I have the opportunity to do none. Well, if you look at Rafe right now, look at him. he is not paying any attention to whatsoever server listeners to what I'm saying, which by the way, you should you know, he's, he's pretending to fall asleep now, right? That's because he's busy, busy, busy researching, right? So why am I going first? Anyway, done a lot of research here. My recommendation, is Apple Watch, and that's because it's an all-rounder. The always-on screen, highly useful, of course it does tell the time. The app notifications are both informative and they're helpful. I love being able to reply from it. I love the way that they've perfected the nudging, the little taps um, on on your wrist to give you notifications or tell you things. I think it's a really good way for generic tracking of your activity. I don't know if it's if it's something for the ultra specialist, but the phrase "closing my rings" is now universally well known. I think because that's how Apple Watch um, tracks your activity, your standing, your steps, and and so on. I think it's a it's a smart move. It's it's again it's typical Apple. It makes sense. It feels good. It's immediately understandable. I like the stand tracker capability. So when I'm sat at a desk in the office, I don't have a standing desk at the moment. I, I like the little nudge on the arm saying, Hey, time to stand up. Really, really helpful. I like the take a breath tracker when I'm busy screaming at vendors. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it pops up saying, oh, You need to take a breath. And routinely I will go, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll try and take a nice deep breath. I do use it for activity tracking for my running and then for the, the kind of weights and the kettlebells and so on. It's not, you know, extensive in terms of tracking, but I, I think it's really helpful for. The average person—I count myself as average in that context—I think, it, yeah, it is actually saving lives because the latest versions, the version five, series five, current version, series six, series five introduced an ECG tracker. I think it's a very nifty tool. I think I've used it twice, but uh, it does monitor your heart rate and it looks uh, looks for unusual heart um, uh, rhythm uh, rhythms and then prompts you. Uh, it does prompt you, and I, I know this because I've seen countless, countless YouTube videos of uh, various different individuals saying oh if it hadn't been for my apple watch you know i'd probably be dead etc cetera, etc cetera, because it's it's helping people who would otherwise have been in, in a very very difficult situation it's helping them say look you should probably get to hospital the latest version is uh, offers pulse um, o2 meter nice i'm not sure I mean, how many times have you used it ben uh a few mostly for the novelty factor yeah right exactly yeah so yeah, same with ecg i've used it twice or something but yeah, I, yeah. But you know. I
0: like the fact that it's tracking in the background, though. Yeah, so, so you it, can take a reading, but it also then takes them in the background, which is cool.
1: Yes. With the Apple Watch, if you watch the Apple marketing, yeah, you know, when they're presenting the watch, you know, they're very, very smart. And I don't think they're being disingenuous here at highlighting the personal safety aspect here. It is tracking stuff in the background. I think that's really, really valuable. You can use it as a phone. Now, what I mean here, even you, you can buy the, 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 um, uh what's what's it? cellular the cellular or the non-cellular the cellular one i had that i didn't use it that often i know ben you could talk about it later on ben has got that i just went for the gps version for the series 5 but the, the cellular i think it, it does add a different dynamic i do really like that ability if the phone is ringing of course my my watch is, is is doing some little tapping i can actually answer the call on my watch really cool so what we were beginning to see here is a well-rounded product that is integrating effortlessly into Lifestyle. You can pay with it, right? You can you can go jogging with just your Apple Watch if you've got the cellular version. You can receive messages, make calls, and you can buy a smoothie. But my final point here is this effortlessness. When I see how my wife Hetty uses it, you know, she I don't even think she's aware of using Apple Watch. I don't think she knows it's part of her basic computing tool set. She just puts it on and she just uses it and it's it's seamless to her across the day. You know, Sometimes she's on her phone, sometimes she's on the iPad, a laptop, sometimes she's on the watch. It is a great, great tool set. What I would also like to highlight is there are many more price points available for Apple Watch now, but Apple Watch, that's for your iPhone customer. Galaxy Watch 3 is my other point I think is worth looking at. I haven't got the latest one yet. I had the uh, the first and second versions. I am really quite interested in Galaxy Watch 3, just because the the way they're presenting that, it does look really, really smart. A couple of my colleagues have got them and really, really rate them. So that's my recommendation for a a wearable. I think Apple Watches and the Galaxy Watch 3 haven't done the latest version, but it, it looks similar to what I experienced with 1 and 2. Give it a go. It pains me deeply to
0: agree with you because the joy of one question three answers is telling you you're you wrong on a bi weekly basis. <laughs> but actually I think if you've got more than two hundred and fifty pounds sterling to spend on a wearable, and I, I absolutely agree with your characterization that like the breadth of the device, if you've got more than two hundred and fifty pounds to spend on a wearable device, the SE in the UK is two sixty nine, the series mm. six with the always on screen, which is the biggest difference, is from three seventy nine, and you're an iOS user, it's an absolute no brainer because I started off with using my Apple Watch as a way to get convenient notifications on my wrist from apps and from messages.
1: That was a draw for and you. And then I started
0: yeah. running, and now I'm using the GPS, and I'm using the heart rate tracking. And the thing is, it can do it all. Mm. Like all of Apple's devices, it has that sort of breadth of capability. And actually, the biggest thing for me almost is, when am I supposed to take this off? Because I want to have a sporty band on it for when I'm running, and I can get sweaty. and mm. uh, But then I want to have a smart band on it for when I'm wearing it to work or whatever. So now i, I Completely agree. It is expensive. They are expensive. This is true. You touched on it, but I, I think I'd add a caveat. Hopefully, you'll agree with me. There are three on the market at the moment. I would say mm. don't buy the two hundred pound Apple Watch Series Three. It is too old and compromised.
1: No, I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah, but actually, for above two hundred and fifty pounds spend, sadly, I have to agree. I don't know the Google Wear stuff. Uh, actually, it's not Google Wear, is it, Rafe? That's that's a mistake. The Samsung products you and recommended is um, is
2: Oh, go on remind me what's the platform it uh, Tizen on? Based. Tizen. it's kind of proprietary but i think there is an interesting caveat in there that's assuming you're on ios and while there are some capabilities that you could potentially get away with i think if you're an android device user you've got a couple of places that you can look and huawei samsung have their own versions and then interestingly google having bought fitbit are starting to do things there and it will be interesting to see how that comes out but that also reflects the relative weakness i would say of google wear and Mm -hmm. i think the advantage that maybe you didn't touch on is the kind of integrated hardware and software thing that apple have which means the battery life is good performance is good it's responsive when you touch the watch and all of those things you know there are google wear products out there both from the traditional manufacturers and then some others but I think it's fair to say the hardware in particular fell behind. But there are some different options out there. And friend of the show, Matt Miller, recently wrote a review of Mobvoi TicWatch Pro 3, which I've never heard of.
0: No, me neither, neither.
2: But I trust his opinion. And he pointed out that that comes with the Qualcomm 4100 processor, which is basically the next generation of the processors optimized for kind of smartwatches and Google Wear. And he says that this is a big step up in terms of performance. It's the $300 price point. So we're talking pretty competitive. And it has lots of the sensors in it. So stuff like the blood oxygen sensor, sleep tracking. There is still this disconnect where you've got the Google software and then some TIC software on there as well. But it is worth saying that there are options out there if you're a Google Wear fan or in that kind of Android ecosystem. Mm, But I think it's fair to say kind of the best matchup is when you match the manufacturer to your smartwatch. If you're looking for a smartwatch that is this kind of do-it-all thing, and I agree like Apple Watch does provide kind of seamless entry and lots of capability in a number of areas, whether that's payment or notifications or whatever. But if we're talking about a wearable and I think the emphasis on a lot of the questions was around fitness I do think there are other options so I'm hoping we'll be able to get a slightly different take from Ben and from myself
0: yeah I mean I think we'll definitely come to the other options I think the thing is though that if you're spending 250 300 maybe more if you go for cellular versions and those sorts of things you probably want it to be an all-rounder because you're starting to get into the territory where you know it's such an investment but I've had several Apple watches now including the cellular versions, they can do it all. And I would say that particularly now, Ewan, it's a good time to have answered that question, because much as I'd love to tell you you're wrong, I think particularly with the Series 6, the product is mature enough now that people who aren't technology nerds, yes, as you said, you know, like Hetty doesn't think about using the product. I yeah. think that's exactly where we're at now, because the constraints, the niggles that came with wearables, the syncing, the is it connected, the how does it work, why do I have Mm. to install an app on my phone,
1: battery life,
0: the battery, all those things. I mean, there's still considerations if you are really kind of using it at the extreme end of the scale, but for most people's use, it's going to be seamless, it's going to be well supported, and it's going to do everything you could think of Mm. in daily use. So yes, pains me to say it, I'm really enjoying my Series 6, but that is a nearly £400 investment. So, you know, that's more than many people choose to spend on a watch, regardless, you know, of mm, it mm. being smart. Okay. There's your first answer. you MacLeod, McLeod, unsurprisingly, going for the high end of the market, being a gentleman who always buys by going to the right and down the catalogue to find the highest spec, most expensive version. No, it was not always. Well, mm. okay. I do have my your McLeod approved uh, shopping, <laughs> shopping method, I have to say, <laughs> which is very much about, uh, do you not have something more expensive? <laughs> okay. My turn. So, recommend me a wearable. I'm going to recommend a bunch, but I wanted to go a bit off the wall. Go on. And Inside Baseball, we've already recorded this episode once, and one of the reasons I'm so keen to redo it was I felt like the day after we recorded the episode, I read about a thousand interesting stories about wearables, and I was so disappointed we hadn't talked about any of them. So, I'm going to do that now. And Ewan's given a great example of an everyday, you know, high cost, but very capable wearable that will do all the jobs. And I wanted to talk about some different ones. And the point is that wearables now increasingly are not just about sports, not just about tracking your steps, mm. as they've mm. often been. And I wanted to call out one that I thought was absolutely fascinating. And it's to do with eSports. So Garmin have released what they call the Instinct eSports edition. And this is one of their regular, well, so one of their mid-tier watches, which uh-huh. would not, which does activity tracking. And Garmin... Are an interesting option if you're interested in their sport watches and things. They do some fairly expensive, but for some fairly specialized uh, heart rate tracking and sports and activity watches. And typically, I think if you're buying those, you'll already be expert enough to know what you need. Hmm. But this is absolutely fascinating. But we've got to go back a little bit. So, for people who aren't aware of esports, playing competitive computer games online now is massive, absolutely huge. It's both something that people do professionally, it's also a huge recreational activity. And there are vast infrastructures and systems set up to enable people to share their gameplay online twitch particularly which which people may have heard of is an amazon owned service that lets you stream your gameplay live much like it is on youtube and many people playing uh, games on twitch have thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands and the real stars even more than that of followers watching these games and it's legitimately now becoming a competitor for what i would describe as real world sports and what is absolutely fascinating about this esports edition is that it tracks your heart rate and your stress levels (laughs) and a variety of other measures that you would have tracked perhaps if you were doing regular sports, but it then links up to your computer. So as you're streaming your gameplay, you can show on the screen your stress levels and your heart rate and
1: those sorts of things. That's cool. That is cool. And you
0: can actually include your personal metrics from your Garmin watch up on the screen while you're playing games. And now, right now, what this does is this integrates with a bit of software called OBS. OBS is the most popular bit of software that people use to stream their screen. I've got to say that carefully. So I'm playing a game on my PC typically, and I use OBS. Yeah. And OBS is the thing that sends the screen up to the, the servers so that everybody can watch my screen with me. And what it does is it's almost like a TV production bit of software because it can do overlays and it can show a little camera pointing at me. Right. And so you can see me, you can see me playing the game. Underneath you can perhaps see People sending me comments or feedback on how I'm doing, and this Garmin overlay is one more of those bits of data.
1: <laughs> That's cool, and
0: it is absolutely fantastic because it looks just like if you were playing a computer game. It looks just like the power levels that a character in a computer game would have.
1: Yes, yes. But it's actually it's real. It's
0: really your your levels, and you can tailor it. You've got heart rate, stress level, and what's something they call body battery, which is kind of a, a, a measure of your response times and things. But it's absolutely fascinating for the moment it is to be observed and it's for information and it kind of adds a rich layer about how people are getting on. And I can well imagine that with these professional gamers, you'll be able to see how calm they are as they're playing these high stakes
1: games. Exactly. They'll be showing off. Uh, I can add it. Yeah, and you exactly. can see their yeah. heart
0: rate is very low and that kind of stuff. But you can also well imagine that fairly quickly, now this data is streaming to the computer, that actually the game might begin to respond to this device as well. And actually that soon enough, these kind of devices could hook up to games consoles and could be part of the Mm, game mm. as well. So I thought that was absolutely fascinating. It's obviously a very early product, but it's about a wearable that's in a completely different category. So if you're interested in more, it's the Garmin Instinct eSports
1: edition. Very
2: smart. Really smart to do that. It's also interesting that that's a trend that I've been seeing a little bit of, is we talk about augmented reality a lot of the time, but that's augmented digital kind of the other way around that reality being overlaid on a digital landscape yes a game in this case but there are other examples of that and it's where sometimes the phrase xr becomes more useful because it's sort of various of interplays between physical and digital and seeing this happen in a watch it just makes a lot of sense to me so i think this is a good shout for a wearable that's just a bit different
0: Yeah, and the the fascinating thing, of course, is that it doesn't stop being a Garmin sports watch when you're not streaming. So whilst I think it is tailored very much to the eSports world, it will do this activity tracking and could function as a a sort of a fitness-centric watch.
1: Very nice. The rest of the time.
0: The other thing I just wanted to say before my time was up then was I was talking to a friend, a a colleague from work uh, the other day, and he is big into CrossFit training, really keen. And he's been trialling a whole bunch of different heart rate monitors and has been reporting back that even the most expensive watches, he's been really disappointed with the accuracy of the heart rate. And it's important Mm -hmm. to him because he's training against a certain heart rate target and he's wanting to achieve a certain heart rate level and then watch his heart rate recover as he rests and then start his exercise again when he gets down to a certain level. And so it's really important information for him to structure his training. And he's found actually that wrist-based wearables aren't particularly good Mm -hmm. for this particularly on the recovery time, they tend to pick up the increase in heart rates but they're not great as things recover. So his recommendation that I wanted to pass on was Polar are the company that make the ones most recommended and was the one that he recommended.
1: <laughs> we keeping you up there, Blanford? Sorry.
0: Polar heart rate sensors and these are the classic heart rate sensors that you strap across your chest with an elastic band. I used to have one of them when I was a student. Whilst you're training and I think they've fallen out of fashion now because they're not particularly comfortable and they're a bit awkward to put on. Mm. But, they are incredibly accurate and of course because of the commoditization of this technology you can buy one of these uh, heart rate sensors now for 70 or 80 pounds
1: so if you if you really care yeah
0: if you really care or mm. if you've got a mobile device nearby and you don't need all the other smarts of one of these watches that does very very complicated heart rate tracking or one of the Garmin devices or even an Apple Watch which does heart rate tracking plus all the productivity stuff you can go and buy this as an add-on and track directly over Bluetooth to your phone, or these are the types of devices that also have the wireless connections to gym equipment as well. And so if you have a Peloton bike or something like that at home, or if you go to the gym, this will communicate with the cycle or, or the running machine in the gym, and you can get an exceptionally high quality of heart rate tracking for money that would barely buy you a wearable of a different type these days.
1: Right, good point. So
0: his recommendation was consider that because, You may actually want to have this instead and save a whole bunch of money. The one he picked out, which I see actually is also well-reviewed, is the Polar H10. I'm looking here at Amazon now. It's £77 at the moment in the UK. The other thing I'd say is that one is just a regular chest strap one. I also noticed that there are a whole bunch of variations. Garmin do one as well. Garmin does one that you can wear while you're swimming. So you know, don't just think wristwatch is what I'm saying when you're looking at a wearable. And that's me.
1: I'm not disagreeing with you. I think uh, that that sounds really, really interesting. I'm particularly excited by what can become of the Garmin esports concept, just because I, th- I think that's that's a smart way to move their products away, you know, away from outdoors, because there are quite a lot of people that just are indoors. And I think, yeah, it should hopefully appeal, and I, c- I can imagine it being very, very interesting. And I think your point there about Polar, if, if you really care, you know, if you want a proper heart rate monitor, I used to have one of those. But it was. 15 years ago and it was excellent really good it's interesting because you assume that the
0: pro level kit you know the stuff that adds on to Mm. gym equipment and things like that's going to be mega expensive and it certainly used to be but it's not anymore you're now typically paying more for the general devices you know for the utility of having on your wrist yes and i think a lot of the cost of having heart rate monitors and activity monitors on your wrist is the difficulty of measuring heart rate and, and signals like that from the wrist. It's not an ideal place always to gather that information. Mm. And so, you know, you're overcoming that difficulty. One thing I forgot to mention before we move on to Rafe price. So that eSports edition, it's a 299 US dollar device, which is expensive, but that's exactly the same price as you would pay for the rest of that range. So for the specialist Garmin devices, again it's quite an investment. But these are very specialist, high-end activity tracking watches that exist in the Garmin ecosystem. I don't think I would recommend any of them as a first wearable. I think that you're going to become you know, an enthusiastic runner or an enthusiastic swimmer or something, mm-hmm. or various other types of workouts, and then realize that you want that kind of specialist watch. That's not an everyday one. But uh, this also hints, I think, the fact that other devices might be able to stream this data off as well. So I think it's interesting for the future. Hmm. Okay, so that is high-end everyday wear by Ewan. Niche or emerging ways to use this stuff from me. Oh, by the way, when you look for the Polar H10 heart rate monitor, be careful because they also make them for horses. I spent five (laughs) minutes reading a webpage going, this is really big. (laughs) <laughs> this is really confusing. It says "It says, soak it in a bucket and apply gel to your chest. Oh no, that's the one for horses. So Polar, make heart rate monitors for equestrian use as well. So just be careful you're reading the right one. <sighs> Rafe Branford, share us with your knowledge in this area. What would you suggest for a wearable?
1: Yes, how's your research going there, Rafe?
2: <laughs> well, I was going to um, do what Ben's done and kind of agree with both of you that the options you talked about are strong. But I think that's so much of wearable is about what your use case is and how much money you're willing to spend. Mm. And Ben has somewhat stolen my thunder with his horse wearable, but I was actually going to say some of the ones that are... (laughs) (laughs) It's not a phrase I expected to hear this evening. (laughs) Some of the things that are out there that I think are interesting are some of the pet wearables for keeping track of Rover or Felix, your cat or your dog, especially now that they are starting to incorporate the low power wide area network type technology and i think that will come on to 5g in due course leave the 5g i'm not buying it I doesn't care if you strap it to my cat i'm still not buying it (laughs) um so i mean there are various ones out there i don't really know enough to sort of pick out one in particular but things like tractive and then there's wolf and a whole bunch of wearables in that space (laughs) that's cool that is cool which actually it's just They've been around for years, but it's now getting to the point where the battery life is like a month and that they've got connectivity that's always on. So you don't need to embed cellular, you know, whether that's 2G or 3G And it. They're using some kind of these alternative uh, technologies. So just wanted to give a, a shout out to that. And I think also some of the things that you're seeing in the stickables space, i.e. wearables that you put on temporarily to track temperature for mm. 72 hours, that's things like Track l'oreal as a company have been kind of coming out with proof of concepts around uv sensors i think it's the uv sense which they intend you to put on your fingernail and stuff like that so i just want to give a mention to those because i think actually the wearable space is about a lot more than watches but i think that was where the question was really coming from it's well around fitness and tracking and actually i think it's worth just an update a reminder that there are some low cost options out there and they have developed in the last five years or so I'm going to start off with one that will probably be very obvious and that people will have heard of. And that's the Xiaomi smart band. That's now up to the fifth generation. So the band five, it's £40 is the recommended retail price. That is an
1: amazing price.
2: And it gives you kind of more accuracy than just using your phone. I'm going to come back to that as an option. I mean, this one has a large color display. It tracks 11 different types of sports. It's water resistant. It's got 24-hour heart rate monitoring, sleep tracking. It's got a 14-day battery life, so you don't have to worry about that kind of daily charge that you do on some of the others. Mm. And it's been refined over time. And I think previously we might have talked about Xiaomi and concerns around data. Maybe worth um, thinking about that as a follow-up question. But I just wanted to say that as an entry point, if you're buying a gadget and want to do yeah. fitness and step tracking and now heart rate, that's a pretty attractive option and you know you can almost buy your whole family those for the price of one of the entry-level watch se for Mm. example
1: it's a great way in it's a great win isn't it
2: it is and they you know there are other options in that space some which do notifications and things like that it's also worth remembering if you just want to try out fitness tracking your phone itself is probably quite capable of doing that from the built-in accelerometer and other sensors there will be some concerns about how accurate it is. But if you just want to see whether you'll get value out of tracking that stuff, basically just open up the fitness application or the health application, you'll see that data. In many cases, probably been collecting it in the background. But the other kind of low-end option that I want to mention, which is actually, I'm going to give uh, Ben a shout-out for Withings here because he's mentioned it in the past. I've got some of the technology as well. And there are options starting at £70 but they also enable you to have like lots of different color options. It's a bit like the swatch watches of the past where you could get a customized strap in different Mm -hmm. colors. And what we're really talking about here is a watch that also happens to have the fitness sensors kind of built into the background. So yes, you're kind of getting an analog watch and sometimes there'll be a kind of a counter on it or some light up LEDs to show you how well you're doing. And that's kind of the starting price. Then they do kind of go up to... I would say it's the high-end for why things, and that's where you tend to have a kind of an LCD screen on it. And this is things like the Move ECG, the steel HR, mm. which are building in some of these other options. And again, they still kind of emphasize the fact it's an analog watch and it looks like a watch. And I think for some people that's an attractive thing rather than going a very aggressive and obvious smart watch. And the pricing remains relatively competitive. So something like the Move ECG, which is basically activity sleep watch and being able to do ECG monitoring, £129. Oh. The steel HR, which is obviously doing all of those things, plus heart rate, it's got an OLED screen, it's got a connected GPS, a VO2 max estimation is £169. So we are talking a little bit below the price level of the Apple Watch. Oh. You know, that I think is an attractive option for some people, but I will go back to that kind of entry level price point and they've been pretty smart about the way they've done this and there are various options but including on the website effectively a bit like you can choose your apple watch strap you can choose your watch face your strap and kind of build your own watch effectively and then get it ordered. and for 70 pounds you know that's a pretty interesting option for me so why things gets a shout out for me as being an interesting choice of wearable i'll also say that they do various other bits of the ecosystem so they do smart scales they do sleep monitoring Mm. and a few other things and the value of these things i think increases incrementally as you add more components to it particularly when you're talking about fitness or wellness tracking and also obviously you can do the manual recording of diet and things like that and i quite like the app that they've got it just feels a little bit more thought through it's a good alternative to kind of going the apple or android standard routes if you will
0: yeah, I just, I, mean, I, I just cut into your time, Rafe. I just wanted to, on that particular point, point. one of the things I like about the WhyThings products I've got is it integrates well with Apple Health. So some products, your data lives inside their app and stays there. With Things, your data lives inside their app and you can use it and get coached by the app. But it also goes into Apple Health, so you can mix it up and record it with any other bits of ecosystem you've got as well. So I mean, again, it's a iOS specific. I think it works well with Android as well. But it's nice that there's not that kind of lock in and you could mix and match their products with other ones as well.
2: And that makes it very suitable. You can start with this and then if you want to upgrade to something more and you'll kind of keep a, a complete data record. I mean the other thing to say here is the battery life would, you know, for the these entry level ones, eighteen months. That kind of takes away that pain of having to charge it even on a fortnightly basis or eighteen a months. Basis. That's amazing. Eighteen months, yeah, because all we're really talking about here is a pretty basic set of Sensors and mm. connectivity to a smartphone through Bluetooth LE. And it does sleep analysis and it's water resistant. And these things, again, have been around for a while, but I think they've now got the point where they've properly matured that you can kind of buy this for someone who's a bit of a technophobe potentially, and it'd be a good option for them. I'm going to throw one thing in at the end for you in here, and like much the same way that Ben just wanted to call out something unusual. It's noticeable that there is the Garmin Mark brand. I want to call this out because it's basically the down and to the right option. These ah, things start you're at £1,500 going there up to £2,500. And they have the adventurer version, the athlete, the aviator, captain, which is for sailing. And you know, they also have a golfer-specific version, which oh. has things that you can attach to your golf club and get all of that analysed. So they are very specific around what they're trying to do. And so that's the other thing I think we've seen in wearables, this kind of specialisation i mean it's kind of while we've seen all in one with the apple watch we've seen the cheap option it's just interesting to note that this technology is also going broader and it does tend to be you know the likes of garmin and then some of the traditional watch manufacturers are trying to push that and it's just a bit of a departure from the days of fitbit which i think we haven't talked about but it's also interesting because they have a full range again very accessible going right up to kind of smart watches and sports watches with GPS and all the other sensors and starting with entry level stuff as well. And so actually, it's really hard to recommend a wearable to someone now. So what I would say is look at what you're willing to pay as a price to get started with. And it's nothing wrong to say start with that and then maybe you upgrade in a year's time if you're looking in the smartwatch space kind of you and ben covered that but also just note that there are some interesting things out there and we haven't really gone into detail in the sports watches because there's polar do them sunto do them garmin do them and there's a couple of other companies all of which have ranges starting from about the 100 to 150 pound right, right up to five six hundred pounds but i think for me if we're talking about the kind of regular 361 listener if you don't want to go smartwatch i think you know why things and the the Xiaomi band as a way to get into wearables is the answer I would give.
0: Yeah, I want to come back to why things. One of the comments and one of the people who asked specifically to cover wearables made a comment that quite a lot of these things just were had an, a very masculine style and were very sort of chunky and mm. blokey and mm. techy. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at pictures of the devices we've talked about on the screen now, and I think that is a criticism to be leveled and, and particularly It doesn't bother me, but we're very much playing to our strengths in terms of, you know, we're recommending things that we like to our own personal style. But I think one of the nice things about the Y Things is that there's a huge range of materials and colours and styles. And because the dial layout is fairly traditional, I think it lends itself well to being customised. So if you want something that looks a little bit less like a branch of Dixon's or an electronic (laughs) shop stuck to your wrist and a little bit more like a piece of jewellery, but it still has some more value than just decorative... That's a great place to go for that reason as well. Before we wrapped up, and again, nothing to criticise, for I'm afraid it's going to be a sort of a unanimous agreement episode, I wanted just one thing that I would not recommend. So oh, Google Wear obviously is a wearable OS that lots of manufacturers can deploy, and Tag Heuer and Montblanc have both produced very high-end mm. uh, luxury watch versions at the Montblanc ones. Yeah. that run Google Wear. I've looked at them as well because I like their mechanical watches and they're both brands I really enjoy. And I would say, unfortunately, steer well clear because at the moment, even though Tag Heuer have done a tie-in where you can trade in your smartwatch for a mechanical version later on, you know, to try and mitigate that kind of obsolescence that comes quite quickly yes. to that platform, these devices are all the expense of the luxury brand with none of the elegance because they're a bit chunky and they're a bit sort of version one looking. And I think they lack all the utility because you're not going to wear a 1,000, 2,000 or a 3,000 pound watch to do a sporting activity like certainly I don't think many people are. So it loses a lot of its utility. And I'm afraid they're an interesting idea, but they're experimental products and that they are ludicrously expensive for what they are. And actually, I don't even think that they are particularly well reviewed in terms of their performance. And then one other simpler option is actually depending on what your view is, if you feel like you're, if you're asking about wearables because you feel you ought to do some fitness tracking or some movement tracking or something like that, but you don't really want one, well, considering not having a wearable because most modern phones <laughs> now have movement tracking chips inside them. So simply having your phone in your pocket while you walk yeah. around and that sort of stuff, that will give you good enough movement tracking and good enough stand indicators and those sorts of things. And surely it's not going to be very very super precise, you're going to miss out some of the other nice-to-haves there. Mm. But if you feel you ought to have a wearable rather than getting one out of a desire to have, you know, kind of a particular set of benefits, then consider that. And the reminder, and I think it goes to that Xiaomi product that Rafe talked about, the criticism sometimes for those £40 devices is that the numbers they produce don't compare well with the measurement of the number of steps you actually took. But the point is, as long as you use the same device for comparison all the time, the error remains consistent and you can track the relative amount of movement you've done or the relative amount of steps you've done and don't treat the number it tells you as gospel truth. Take it as indicative of have I done not enough, nearly enough, or loads. Mm. You know, and that's enough, particularly when you're tracking movement rather than sport, which is a very different, you know, set of things to track. So yeah, there we go. So there's three options. High end, off the wall non sports and some entry level models that I think are Widely available, and I love those uh, customizable Y things ones. I was looking at them earlier, and uh, yes, for kind of Swatch watch money, you can get a fairly attractive kind of uh, fun watch. I think uh, oh, I can feel my, my wallet itching for a uh, holiday watch or something like that. It looks really oh, nice. I think I think
1: you need one. I think you need. I one.
0: do. I do. I, I think I have. To, I have too many things. I think is the problem. But huh. they're nice. Just...
1: <laughs> okay, okay,
0: gentlemen. Well, thank you very much. I suppose now will be a good time to remind people that if they want to uh, leave a review for the podcast, we've got the new podcast review robot that sends us your reviews. So, Yes, that's right. But there's an incentive. Well, you McLeod, tell us about the incentive.
1: Yeah. The incentive is Rafe is going to write you a postcard, right? So if you leave us a
0: review and then contact us either at 361podcast on Twitter or through the website Mm. and send us a link to your review, then Rafe will write to you in person and Yes. A select one person who's left a review will win the was it a new stock in old box so is what's the term yes the limited edition blanford estate mug that is left over from the promotion we did with our patreon subscribers so yes yeah, so there's even a prize to Just be so had. we
1: know yeah so we sorry ben so we know what, what happens here as long as you leave a review somewhere ideally on uh the apple podcast itunes yeah on itunes then rafe has got his writing paper no no uh postcards quill pen and postcards yep quill pen he's holding them up that's great is that cement cement stuff or something
2: remind me what was it i've actually ordered some extra postcards just to make sure i've got enough
1: all right so don't let us down let please do something here because a little while ago he was talking about these postcards right and then we dreamt up this idea he does want to go out and post stuff so i think we should indulge this
0: it doesn't have to be a five-star review No, it could be, but it doesn't have to be a five-star review. But if you are going to do anything, if you're going to do a critical review, they're fine too, but uh, the funnier the better. I will read out funnier reviews. So if you can be funny enough, I will read them out on the show. Just a reminder, podcast reviews are different. So every different country, every different geography on iTunes shows uh, unique reviews just for those places. So uh, we'll be collecting them from all around the world. But if you hear us talking about a review and you can't see it, it might just be perhaps because it's in the UK store and you're in the US or vice versa or perhaps it's local to you in Oman.
1: Oh, I wonder if we get any old man Yeah. Yeah. You know, but we can collect reviews. those
0: reviews and we will see them all. Okay, gentlemen. Well, that was a pleasure. And I suppose the other thing we should say is if you'd like to support the show, you can support us mm. 361podcast.com slash support from $1 an episode. We're still doing Patreon. I renew my pledge to find something better than Patreon because enough people have written in to say we'd love to support you but we don't like the way Patreon works and I know there are some niggles particularly around tax and VAT and all those sorts of things. So, I am looking for a better option, but I wanted to say thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon, and a couple of new people have added their support recently, so I want to say thank you to them. Particularly, all of that money goes into the production costs of the show, and sadly thus far hasn't yet funded any Ferraris, but I live in hope.
1: We need to say thank you to Carl Domingo, 29th November, that's the last one on my store in the UK. Oh, there we go. Oh, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Time 80, he gave four, or she gave four out of five. And then Blinky Bat, so six. There we go. That's great. Then two years ago, G8YTZ. That was two years ago. I won't read that one out, but thank you. That was a five star. Not a five star there. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Have you seen this one? <laughs> Midge Slayer, four years ago, was not happy. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh,
0: yes. I think you obsess him, actually. What? Go on, read it out.
1: All right. It says. Tarsomely self-important. You can see why I thought it was about you. Then the review says, see title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, that 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 still remains my favourite review, although I think we have it in our listenership to be funnier than that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so as always, we welcome your questions and comments. All the one question, three answers are based on questions that people have sent in. Sometimes we amalgamate them so that we can get through more questions, but we have a bunch more coming up, but we would welcome more questions, particularly for next season. So. If there's something you'd like our opinions on or you'd like three answers to, please write in, same as before, at 361podcast on Twitter, or if you want to put a little bit more detail in, 361podcast.com, there's a place there where you can email us through the website. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. It's been a pleasure this evening. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, listeners. Indeed. And we will be back in a week or so. Bye-bye.
2: Knock, knock. Who's there? Ewan, you you and who? Well, exactly.
0: Oh, thanks,
1: thanks for that. <laughs> Ooh, funny, Rafe is in the house. Thanks for that, Rafe. Thanks, thanks a lot. Lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah. Are you still looking at jokes?
0: Well, there was one. There was one I looked at, and I was thinking, I can't remember if I told you this or not, but it's it's so bad, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna risk it. To be honest, you're not gonna bother. No, I'm not gonna bother. So, oh, uh, Rafe, here you go. You like this? I read a book called 101 Facts About Binary. That's the best five things I've learned. That's quite good. Yeah. yeah okay fair yeah. enough yes uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so, uh, unfortunately i've been suffering from insomnia but uh, on the plus side it's only three more sleeps till christmas
2: we've had that Joe before it wasn't funny the first time
1: no 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 you didn't like this rave yeah you really didn't like it no and
2: there's a lot more than three sleeps before christmas yes
1: but that's the point yeah if you can't actually get no, to sleep
2: because clearly you're going to sleep more than three times before christmas even if you've got insomnia
1: oh now we're being literal yeah, yeah. it's like
2: two months
0: you know where we talked about Fighty Rafe? I was only okay with Fighty Rafe as long as he was slagging you enough. <laughs>
2: Especially Fighty Rafe is going after both of you. exactly.
1: Oh, yeah. There we go. There we go. Lots of joy.
0: I see the plants in the background are um
1: it is a problem. It's looking even more le- even more leany. It is bothering me, right? You need to sort that one there. I'm drawing my mouse over it if that helps. You need to sort that one. I am worried,
0: Ewan, that one day we'll do the call and the Zoom call will be answered. And it won't be Rafe, it'll just be the plant sat
1: there because it's it's finally reached all the way over.
2: (laughs) Well, like all your advice, uh, Ewan, I listen to it very carefully. Mm.
1: Thanks for that. Thanks for that. I see the trouble is as well, I've just realised at least two of those awful
0: jokes that I um, just told. I also told people at work who listen to the podcast. So now they're going to be recognising those from the Awful Joke channel in Slack.
2: Ah, did you hear about the mathematician who's afraid of negative numbers? No, nope. no. Nope. He'll stop at nothing to avoid them. <sighs> I
0: forget. There's something about when you phoned the um, when you phoned the Welsh government and uh, how was it? Uh, for billing, press one. For customer services, press two. For a small town, press
1: that in. Never mind. Yeah, that's quite tough. Cool. Crowd. That's quite cool. Right. Yes. Should we kick off then? I think we should. I think we should make it happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh... There we go, that's fantastic. There's a silence, perhaps, while we give a mark to
0: index on. No, that's fine. I mean, you just mumble away to yourself, it's fine. Yeah. My help? Just briefly interrupt your rambling with a podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is Season 19, Episode 6, and this week we're recommending wearables in our one-question, three-answers format. One more. I think that that was nice if we were just reading out the words, if we were just
0: practicing what those words do now once more with feeling
1: could you stand up as well please
0: as i think i've said to you before just pretend like you're enjoying it <laughs> right right yes okay i'm gonna look
2: away i'm, I'm not gonna beat you off welcome to 361 a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it i'm rave blanford no, it, it looks it looks really
0: looks really cool obviously i'd ask rave blanford about it but he's well, he's
1: not he's just gone where did he go? Did he go to the back of the house or the apartment? There,
0: just looking at the plants. To be honest, I'm wondering if we should invite them to be on the show now. To be honest, <laughs>
1: See, he's got a little stool there. He's got a little stool there by the uh, uh, the floor there, next to the um, the fridge. I'm enjoying his cushion. That is very. It looks like an embroidered cushion. He's got a cushion on his 800 pound chair, ergonomic chair. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't look good.
0: Well, I assume it's not required for comfort. I assume this is just
1: decorative, but we can yeah. ask him now because he's back. Yeah,
0: Ray Lamford, we were just noticing that your 800-pound
2: ergonomic chair has a cushion on it. It does, yes. Care to explain? It's one of my favourite cushions that my granny made for me. Oh, that's right. lovely. That's very nice. So it's got sentimental value.
0: So it's decorative rather than for posture. It's decorative, yes.
1: <laughs> he says, but <laughs> that doesn't look decorative you're sitting on it now you squashed it and sat on it not very sentimental <laughs> I suppose <laughs> it is <laughs> what is the plant he's just, he's just thrown it he's thrown it It's that's damaged Oops. the plant there that has damaged the plant Oops. pick it up what was that what fell off there what fell off the, the shelf uh, my hue switch ah
0: I can spot a hue switch a mile off there you go very smart I've got to sort out the rest of our lights. I'm getting irritated. I can't decide whether we're going to go all Hue or all Lightwave. That was an interesting story.
1: Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> 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 right, I'm trying to
0: think what else I did this week that was cool. Uh, I think that's about it.
1: <laughs> right
0: then, gentlemen, I don't, I don't think I've got any more jokes. I think it's just we should just let Mark have an early night, you know, give him some time off.
2: That seems reasonable. Why the long
1: face? Something like that. <laughs>
0: Right then, Mark. No post roll this week. Just our thanks to you and get an early night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right then.
0: Should we end the recording? Yeah, I got it. I'm going to count down. Okay. Yeah. Right, ready?
1: Meanwhile, at the 361 Multimedia Suite, located 30 feet beneath the Blandford Estate, Right, I think that's just about... Oh, hold it. Um, let me just check Ewan's track. That's right, hello. It's, uh, it's very nice. It's, it's getting a lot nicer weather. Oh, I mean, it's still very hot, but it's 28 as opposed to forty. Right, okay. Uh, let's run it through the buttery smooth filter. That's right, hello. It's, uh, it's very nice. It's, it's getting a lot nicer weather. I mean, it's still very hot, but it's 28 as opposed to 42. Marvellous. Buttery smooth.